Hello, I am back with another episode of Chinese Chippy Girl. I am your host, Georgie Ma, or Ma Puyu. And actually, here's a little fun fact about me. My surname, Ma, means horse in Chinese. Not that many people know that. Anyway, today I am absolutely buzzing to work with Chinatown on their campaign, Our Chinatown, hashtag Our Chinatown, which has been put together in light of EC Heritage Month in the UK. Our Chinatown campaign explores what Chinatown means to different people, whether it's the EC, East and Southeast Asian community, tourists, people just walking through, strolling through Chinatown to grab some lunch, students, or even people who work in Chinatown. This beautiful campaign has been put together to connect everyone who has stepped foot in Chinatown. And what better way to tie this in with EC Heritage Month that has been kickstarted by my girls at BC. Now, before I introduce you to my guests, I just want to take a step back and tell everyone how much Chinatown means to me. It's actually coming up to my London anniversary. I moved here at the end of September in 2007. I moved from Edinburgh and I said goodbye to my mum, my sister and my niece and nephews who were really small children at the time. I remember a few months after we moved down to London, I started to really, really, really miss my family. I missed my Tuesday sessions that I would have with my mum where we would just hang out, have some dim sum after I finished work. I miss my nieces and nephews putting on my hair and hearing them telling me that they love me in Chinese because I used to force them to tell me that they love me. (laughs) And I miss visiting my sister's restaurant and walking into the kitchen, smelling the food and hearing the banging and the sizzling from the walk. I remember I took a bus, the number 44 bus from Battersea to Chinatown, and I went to a Chinese bakery called Sanloon, which um, is closed down now. But anyway, I went to Sanloon and I ordered uh, a Dantak, a Hong Kong style tea and a Tassi Bao, and I sat in this cafe and I honestly just sobbed, I just cried and cried. I was feeling really sad, but equally just sitting by the door and people watching It just made me feel so nostalgic and it brought back so many happy memories when I used to come to London as a kid, where we used to go into supermarkets and I used to watch my mum picking all the chai and looking at all the packets of dried vegetables that she would put in her tongue, which is Chinese soup. And just hearing the Cantonese speakers just really warmed my heart and just knowing that I could understand this language just made me smile so much. And when I was sat in this bakery, the smell of the sweet buns, the dantak, and even if I wasn't eating that, the smell was enough for me to taste the bakery. I left the bakery and I went for a wander around Chinatown and immediately I felt so happy and so wholesome. I mean, I still miss my family, but equally I felt right at home. And I was only meant to be in London for one year, but 14 years later, I'm still <laughs> living in London. And to be honest with you, If it wasn't for Chinatown, my whole London experience would be so, so different. But anyway, that's enough of my little story about when I moved to London. But I just thought I'd share it because honestly, Chinatown London just means so much to me. But anyway, let's crack on with the show. I am absolutely honoured to have not one, but two guests on this episode. I've got Lucy, the Managing Director of Siri Group and EC, Eastern Southeast Asian supermarket that opened in the 70s, and Emily, owner of Kovacha and Tayakia. You can find them both in Chinatown, London. And, yep, yeah, I've got them on my show. Yay! Absolutely amazing. Thanks for having us. <laughs> oh, this is so nice. And also, this is the first time that I've had 
three people on my show. I know that I've just done a very small introduction, but I wondered if uh, you can just uh, introduce yourself just a little bit more. Lucy, do you want to go first? Sure, no problem. So hi, and thank you so much again for having me. Very excited to be here. So I am managing director of Siwoo Group, which is the Siwoo store in Lyle Street in Chinatown. But it's also a manufacturing site in Park Royal, Weyong Foods, where we make ho fan, dim sum, chili oils, cheng fan. And it's also an important distribution site in Park Royal where we import goods from the Far East and then we distribute those to restaurants, food service businesses, airline lounges, schools, universities, you name it, across the UK. So it's three different areas of the business to look after. Oh, wow. Thank you for the intro. And uh, Emily, do you want to go next? Yeah, sure. So I'm the owner of Cup of Cha, uh, which means cup of tea and then cup of cha. So like cha, because in Chinese we call tea and then like cha. So that's why that's how this name uh, come up to is Cup of Cha as a bubble tea shop. And also Tayakiya, a dessert ice cream shop, which is a Japanese fish waffle dessert shop. And both of them is in Chinatown, Newport Court. We have been trading in Chinatown since 2012. Sounds like ages, but it seems like just yesterday. It's like <laughs> <laughs> things just pass so quickly. And then I think that's also how Chinatown experience to everybody. It's like uh, when you be, when you are there, you just feel so excited with everything that they have to offer there, like the supermarket, desserts and meal as well. So yeah. Oh, amazing. Lucy, if you want mind, I'd just quite like to start off with you because I know that you guys have been open for, for quite a long time. So you've probably been at the heart of Chinatown since almost the beginning. And I'd like to delve a little bit more to see how you think Chinatown has kind of evolved since you guys have opened. I've got loads of stories. How much time have you got? Um, no, so you're right. We, we opened in 1975. The The story behind my father, who is quite a character, if you've ever met him or if any of your listeners to the podcast have, they will know. My father, Stanley, who's the founder of the Siwoo Group, originally had restaurants. So he had, when I was growing up, a, a Chinese restaurant in Bushy, which was very famous with lots of famous celebrity customers going in. And the reason that he took the first store in, in Lyle Street in Chinatown was because he found it so hard to get authentic ingredients for his restaurant. So he would start to import with um, his brothers and some friends and they'd start out of a garage out in our home. And then there's this very sweet little story about how one of his regulars in the restaurant, who he always used to give a liqueur to after dinner, um, was an estate agent. And he phoned Stanley up and said, do you want a shop in Chinatown? And that's how it all began. Yeah, I know. It's so funny. So all down to do the door to do with the Baileys or the tea Maria or whatever he was drinking. So basically, <laughs> so, so that's how the first store came about. And the first store was number 19. And then gradually over the years, uh, as the stores next door became available, the family took on another and another and another. And so now we're four. In terms of stories growing up, so I, I was born in 1972. So I've so I was three when they opened the supermarket in 1975. So really through the whole of my childhood, Chinatown has been a really important part of it. And going back to what I think you've both touched on is, is just how 
exciting and sort of what a sensory assault Chinatown is. You know, you close your eyes and you just smell it when you're mm. sort of standing outside and the, all the star anise and the herbs and just that amazing smell. It sort of makes you feel at home immediately. But when I was a kid, it was very different to how it is now. So it was very Cantonese Chinese, Hong Kong Chinese. My father used to go into Chinatown after he'd finished his shift at the restaurant, his his restaurant, like one in the morning and eat noodles with his friends. It was very inaccessible place if you weren't Chinese Mm -hmm. then. So I think that the restaurants didn't cater for anyone that wasn't Chinese. And the only people who would venture into Chinatown, unless they were Chinese, would be people who were very well travelled, who potentially were comfortable and familiar with Chinese food. So when I was a kid, Chinese New Year, for example, was really busy, but not on the scale it is now. So again, just um, really sort of Cantonese Chinese families. Siwu was always a family supermarket and um, people coming to do their weekly shop. I, I was working in the supermarket from not sure what age. It's probably illegal to say it, isn't it? <laughs> probably slave labor. <laughs> probably like you were in the chimney. But <laughs> just oh, honestly, just say it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, so I can't remember. So probably from eight or ten, packing cashew nuts, yeah. working on the tills. I couldn't speak Chinese because I'm actually um, mixed race. So my mum's English, mm-hmm. my dad's Chinese. So I, so pizza customers would shout at me in Cantonese, and I would have no idea what they were saying. Uh, and I can remember Chinese New Year being sat. It's a very old building. It's a 200-year-old building um, that we're in. And I can remember being sat up in what was the staff canteen for, for the lion dance and, you know, sort of peering out the window. And it was just so exciting. And, oh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. But as today, Chinatown is, Chinese New Year, first of all, is the first major festival in the calendar for the UK. I think London Chinatown is one of the best Chinatowns in the world, mm. biggest, most vibrant, most progressive and I think what's been really lovely for me in my journey at Siwu for the last um, 17 years is that I've seen Chinese New Year really grow. It's so diverse. It's lovely to see so many people enjoying it, celebrating, wanting to come and eat the food, wanting to buy the decorations, wanting to watch the lion dance because that's I mean, it's so infectious, isn't it? The drum. And yeah. I feel really proud of that journey, I think, that Chinatown's come on and that now it's so accessible to so many different people. And it's a real tourist destination. I totally agree with you with the whole the celebrations. Some people can be quite put off with going into Chinatown whenever there's a big celebration at like Lunar New Year and stuff, but it's just, no, I just love it. I love the atmosphere. I love the buzz. I love and I totally miss line dancing. I, oh, it's so good. Just the atmosphere that it brings. Oh, I miss it so much. Yeah, I, I agree. So much. I miss it so much. And it's interesting what you said earlier. You remember like back in the day where Chinatown wasn't really catered for people outside the Chinese community? Because right now, for me, I feel like Chinatown London is like the heart of London. I feel like it's impossible for people to visit London without visiting Chinatown. And even if you don't intentionally want to or need to go to Chinatown you end up there anyway because you've got to kind of get there to get through to like Piccadilly Circus or to get through to to get through to Oxford Circus. I do have something to ask you though Lucy. So last year I went on a tour of Chinatown with Chinatown Exchange and I found out that Siwu were the first company or like supermarket to import bak chai Yes. I just want to thank you for that because I <laughs> love Pak Chai. 
<laughs> that is so true. And Stanley, he's he yeah, you can always find him, even now at 78, sort of poking around the vegetable section. <laughs> So something that we're really well renowned for, I think, over the years is our selection of um, authentic vegetables. Mm-hmm. There's something that's very um, special about Siwoo. And yes, that that is one of his claims to fame. Oh, thank you so much, Stanley, <laughs> for listening to this, honestly. How did that How did that kind of come about, though? Like, what was his idea? About, and where was Stanley? Where were you getting the back tie before that? Like, how was it? How did it all happen? So we, he was importing from China. So he was airlifting. So we, so even today, we still we airlift the, the green veg, the sort of more tender veg from China, and then we also ship some of the, of the longer, sort of more durable veg like lotus root over the sea. But also now, it's again, it's so different. It's evolved so much because there's lots of different farms in Europe growing authentic Asian veg, and the same in the UK. You can source it in the UK, although a lot of our customers who are quite discerning say it's not the same because I guess the soil, the conditions, the water, it doesn't taste the same. So, yeah, so so they want they want sort of China source vegetables. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that, again, it is down to demand and it's something that is, is really, you know, really popular lines of ours are our fresh veg, our fresh fish, our fresh meat cuts. But I can, just the thing that you said about Chinatown and how exciting it is. Just thinking about Emily and, and her business, I've been to quite a few different Chinatowns in the world. And I really honestly, and I'm not, I know I'm a little bit biased, just <laughs> a tiny bit, but I do think that Chinatown London is one of the best and it's so progressive. I've been to a couple in America and some quite major cities and they're kind of like it was in the 1970s here. Whereas in Chinatown, London, you, you know, like cha, you know, and, and your ice cream and, and your desserts and your and also the whole the whole Southeast Asian portfolio that is now. And I've seen that develop in the last 10 years through my since since my childhood, when it was really all Chinese restaurants only seeing regional Chinese cuisine develop. See Vietnamese, Thai, Malaysian. That's really progressive. And I think that our Chinatown London is sort of it's like the hub of where all the trends just across the country but also it's something we should be proud of because I think it is one of the best in the world outside of China. I completely agree I feel with Chinatown London it's just it's not just for the Chinese community it's really expanded I I feel it's a lot more diverse as well it's it's full of east and southeast Asian restaurants shops a lot so on Monday we went to Chinatown and we Normally, we would just go for dim sum and then we would get so full and then we would just go for a walk and just leave. But this time we went to like so many different places. We went to Little Korea on Lyle Street and we ordered um, we ordered some food that we hadn't really ordered for just because I feel like I just want to try different things. Um, although dim sum is, is like right up there, but I think it's really nice out within Chinatown you can try so many different cuisines there like it's not just pinpointed just for Chinese food so I love it hello it's me here just a very quick interruption to let you know that as part of EC Heritage Month, I'll be taking part in Be Seen on stage, Be Seen's very first real life event. Yay, Be Seen! 
Be Seen On Stage is happening on Saturday the 18th of September between 2 o'clock to 6 o'clock where there will be various speakers talking and celebrating our culture. One of the topics will include a discussion on British Chinese food which will be hosted by my beautiful friend Shu who actually interviewed me on my last episode of my one year podiversary which is the episode before this one. And on the panel of British Chinese food, there will be writer, journalist and blurry food picture expert, Angela Hoy. There'll also be co-founder of Little Moon's Mocky Ice Cream, Howard Wong, which, by the way, we always, always, always have a pack in the freezer. And there'll obviously be myself. Tickets are still available. If you Google Be Seen on Stage, you'll see a few links or there's a link in my bio on Instagram as well. So please come down and say hi. It will be amazing to see you. Okay, La, I'm going to bring you back to the show. And Emily, when I walked down to Newport, Newport Newport Court, I saw a massive queue. I was like, what are these people queuing for? They're queuing for a cup of chat. There's such a big queue outside. So basically, oh, let me show you a picture. So I went to Tayakia and I yeah. had the most amazing tea. Right, but I don't know if you can see. Oh, it's so, so tasty. You My like... kids love cup of chai. Oh, thank you. So good. And I'm really intrigued to find out more about how you started your business, the idea of it. And obviously you've branched out a little bit as well. So do you mind sharing your story there? Yes, definitely. Uh, I don't know where to start, start because it's like so much, especially when you do your introduction, it brings back so much memory. You nearly bring tears to my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, honestly, I never planned to start a business. I never thought that I would be uh, doing my own business in this country and then the journey is pretty much like how you start I can relate a lot in your experience so for myself I I don't born here I'm a Malaysian Chinese so I came to this country for my study in university so in my mind I was always thinking that I will be going back to Malaysia one day so after my two three years of working experience I'll be back to my home country and then continue there just like how you say it. And at the end, you're stuck here for like nearly 20 years now, you know. And then you start to have your family here and your kids. And then you just can't like live because of a lot of things that provided to us. And here is like so much better and brighter and fair, I would say. And of course, Chinatown play a big part in this. Like when you say when every time when you go to Chinatown, uh, especially when during my uni time and first few years of working and then also my I remember like when my parents came and also my in-law came here then they were always like go to Chinatown with us and then bringing their trolley back <laughs> I still remember going into Cebu to do a round shopping from from the Lotus and then Lotus Road from the veggie all around to the frozen item to rice then when it come out and then we would stuff them into the trolley bag and carry them back home so that's basically the journey over here and then and then later on so about the business like it was travel to taiwan and hong kong me and my husband uh, of course both of us ran the business together Mm -hmm. 
So we went to Taiwan and we tried bubble tea and then such big fans of bubble tea. And then when I came back to London, I was like still craving to it and I couldn't like find one like authentic specialty bubble tea shop. So I usually replace it with like iced tea in Starbucks <laughs> or you might get, get to get some in the restaurant. So that, that's why then I start to think, oh, why can't London or UK have like a bubble tea shop and then start to like flow into the business and then went through a very long journey to look for a shop. And then of course, I never dreamed that I would have a shop in Chinatown, like so central. But I've been to so many places around London, like Camden, Islington, King Cross. I still remember the search was like so long because that's how I have a full-time job. And then I think I spent like maybe a year or a year and a half to just fought for to get get the right location. And I was so lucky. After this, so lucky that I got the shop that right now we are trading at. Because that time that shop, I still remember very clearly that I walked past. Like every time when I walked past Chinatown, I was like, oh, look at those shops. Oh, how could I afford like such a big shop? You know, I never thought that would, would be that location. And then there was once we walked past Newport Court that time Newport Court is not like now before it transformed it's kind of like a small alley that has some uh, small shops there and the opposite we have this inside shop that have small small uh, store they're selling those cute things and then we walk past this shop that sell watches I think yeah I remember souvenir watches I think it's watches I was like telling my husband that one day they're on the market and then we try and then I was so lucky that we got that shop and it just feels so grateful. Oh, wow. So were you one of the first bubble tea shops to open in, in Chinatown? China. That time when we were open, I think we have a few, but not in like Chinatown. So I think, yeah, we are, we are the first one who opened like bubble tea specialists in Chinatown. Well done. And the people that we see, they're all so lovely. And then the customer, like you said, so diverse. We have so many different type of customer, like locals, the people that work around in the city. We have a lot of students and tourists. Mm. So many different kind of people that will come to Chinatown. It's such it's such a, a mad thought because I remember when I used to come to Chinatown when I was a kid. So mm. we used to like bunk off school like once a year during Wimbledon. <laughs> we used to bunk off school on a Tuesday. We closed the shop, and then um, you can't bunk off school now. But my parents used to drive us down to to London, and we'd park the car in the car park in Chinatown. So that's still there. We'd park the car there, and then we'd get a tube to Wimbledon. We'd watch the tennis, and then we'd come back to uh, Chinatown, and we'd go to Wang Gay's. I don't know why, but in my head back then, it felt like everything was just Chinese. There's Chinese restaurants, Chinese supermarkets. There's maybe like a Chinese, like a video, like a cassette store, a Chinese shop selling Chinese like bits and bobs. But now it's just evolved so, so much. Like you've got your, you know, bubble tea shop and you've got Taiyakia. There's just so much choice now and it's just it's amazing and I remember just out on Monday I was just sat just having some food in those these benches outside um Newport Place yeah yeah and then like there's just so many new places open down Newport Court it's just there's so many now and then me and my partner just say oh yeah it's the new kids on the block the whole day yeah. the whole day I had, had new kids on the block songs in my head and stuff but it's just <laughs> It's just so amazing as well. And Emily, can you tell me more about um, Tayakia as well? So uh, Tayaki, 
is actually uh, the fish waffle. It's from Japan. So Thai is actually the fish, sea brain, and then yaki is egg. So that's how taiyaki, uh, that's uh, what it means. And then ya is house. So taiyaki ya is simply just uh, fish waffle house. Yeah. So traditionally, taiyaki in Japan, they have just, they have like red bean or custard paste. And then we, when we got this idea to like bring this here, because the same thing again, because I, I'm a dessert fan. And then I thought that okay, is like so nice. And then I haven't got like uh, it's not so popular in London. So we're gonna bring this in to the market. And then of course in London, they are like so we have so many different kind of culture people. That that's why we bring in a lot of different flavor to the taiyaki instead of just red bean and pasta. We also do a lot of other flavors and even savory flavors. So nice. There's so many different culture. People yeah. that would love like different kind of flavors, and then uh, you, know, you 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 will start to like have a lot of ideas to do things uh, in a not to say better. I mean, modern. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then and also uh, the ice cream. We know that want something to have because in my childhood time, I love this this uh, ice cream that wrap in bread in my country that which I can't find it here. So that's why we come across that. Actually, you can do that on the waffle as well. That's and then that's how we come up with the fish waffle ice cream, and then do a bit of decoration. Because me and I love to do like a lot of bakery, so that's a kind of the idea to decorate with like pretty sugar paste. I see that you had these little fishes, like the fish waffles, and then you had some. Is it is there like a filling inside it as well, like a, cho- yeah. a chocolate filling or custard filling yeah. inside it? You have like a uh, chocolate and uh, like banana. And then you also a natural marshmallow. So basically, you can pick the range of flavors that you like. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Lucy are just sat here, just drooling. <laughs> I love dessert. You know, when my my kids, I make them work in the shop as well in their holidays, and they come down to cup of chai all the time. But I'm coming. I'm in Chinatown next week. I'm coming down to get a waffle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what's your best-selling, I was going to say best-selling dishes. I'm just so automatic, so it's not dishes. What's your best-selling items that you have in both your stores? For Kapucha, definitely the pearl milk tea, the most traditional one. That's always the hot one, best-selling item. And then the other one will be the ombre tea, which we have um, the the ombre colour changing tea. So a lot of you didn't know that. They thought that that's colouring, but actually it's not. Uh, we actually topped it with a butterfly pea tea, which is the blue tea, which is full of uh, antioxidant in it. So when you actually mix it in with like the flavors, it will change the color. So that's one that's one of our popular for oh. now. We kind of touched on this, but I just wanted to. Just ask you both, how much does Chinatown London mean to you both? Well, for me, I think, uh, so obviously the store is just part of the business, but it's it's the oldest part of the business and it has the most history behind it. And I think that, I think Chinatown, I think I'm, I'm a bit in love with Chinatown as a place, actually. I think just what it offers and I think the progression through the last 20 years is is incredible. I've got a lot of fond memories of places from my childhood, restaurants, joking Lao, all the different floors, all the different yeah. stairs. I've got lots of different memories um, from my childhood and Chinatown Bakery. 
But but I think all those lovely old established businesses are still there, which is wonderful. And then you've got these new emerging businesses, different cuisines like Emily's with different themes, dessert themes and drinks themes, and then different cuisines, you know, we touched on with the with the other Southeast Asian flavours. And the thing I think that's one of the things about COVID that, that's really just been lovely, and I really hope it stays, is the alfresco. Because I think that has just, because again, if you go back to Chinatown when I was a child a little bit, it was it was this amazing sort of sensory assault, but it was also... Um, wasn't somewhere you go necessarily late at night. It was. It had some some slightly darker sides to it. That I can remember from my childhood, my father talking about. And I think that to see it clean up in the last 20, 30 years is lovely. And then I think the alfresco dining has just taken it to that next level and it makes it a real destination. It's not just somewhere you go to have quick dim sum or whatever and then go and do your shopping. It's now somewhere where you go and have a drink and you go and you meet your friends for a little bit longer. I think the journey it's gone on is fascinating and, and actually representative of the Chinese in the UK. Every time I've sat there on those benches, there's so many different places to, to grab food and to eat. It's just mm-hmm. quite nice to see people sat there eating it and then you kind of with me because I'm quite nosy I'm like oh what are they eating it's like excuse me where'd you get the ice cream from and then you just start talking to people and then I think it's just it's just really social and yeah how about you Emily how much does the Chinatown London mean to you a lot actually so if you say back to like uni time until now so that Chinatown place is always like the destinations that you will meet your friends and then the place that you will go after the celebrations like graduations remember we went there straight after the graduation to celebrate and then especially when you have like the special events like the days the special days and the Chinese calendar like meet autumn festival Chinese new year Chinese are definitely the place that you will go to grab things like the mooncakes and like zhong the cooking rice and that place and as for now it's even more meaningful like to the next generation because I have two girls now. So I think it's like so important. Like when every time when we go there, then we start to talk a bit about like the history, the heritage, like especially like when, when we're having dip sound, then I start to tell the girls like, oh, why people tap the table when they feel your tea? You know, these kind of things that you can introduce them a bit about the heritage, like the background of like the Chinese. And like I said, because I'm Malaysian Chinese and sometimes uh, I think you mentioned before as well, just now, identity is so important, especially when we are here and then our next generations. I think it's important to like make them understand the background as well, as in like where the parents from, when the where the grandparents from. So Chinatown is always like the best place that you can relate to. And without being bias on both your ends, just say, you know, so the kids are at home, you don't need to work. You're on your own. What would your ideal day out be, or even evening be in in Chinatown, London? Like, where would you go? What would you eat? What would you do? Well, you guys are thinking about it. I'll show you mine, okay? So, okay. So I'm on my own because as a, as a parent, when you're on your own, it is it's a blessing, isn't it? It's a blessing. So, if I was on my own, I'll get, I'm in Chinatown. I would have a little backpack and a spare bag. 
And I would go to lots of different shops and obviously go to Siwu. Uh, I'd do my Spanish <laughs> shopping, I'd get my bak chai, I'd buy some uh, different types of noodles and I would basically stock up with stuff for the kitchen as well. And then I would go for dim sum. So I didn't have a, a one place, a one type of restaurant that I would go to. I'd I normally just go to a Lido, but I'm starting to visit different restaurants now. So I'm not really loyal to one. So I'd go and have some dim sum. And then I'd go for another walk. I'd probably get a bubble tea, go to a cup of chair. And I would end up, my final destination would be in opium, which is honestly, like, I think it's Chinatown's hidden gem. Behind the green door. It's just a green door opium. <laughs> and uh, you go up all these stairs, all these stairs. And then all of a sudden you get to like a Chinese speakeasy and they make the most amazing cocktails. And opium is my favourite cocktail place. And that was that's basically if I had like a few hours to myself, that would be that be my day out in Chinatown, London. How about you, Emily? Oh, so difficult. You know, there's so many choices. So I many. Know. I think definitely start with dim sum as well. Yeah, and then will be shopping uh, Chinese grocery, and I will definitely take my time to browse because it's like not your ordinary Tesco or waitress things. It's like it's, sometimes you would get to see some new import stuff that's so exciting, like new snack, new fruits, new sauce that's just so exciting. And I will definitely go to the Chinese bakery. Yeah, to grab some buns and on tart. And then uh, I love four season roast up. I think I'll go. Yeah. Like a roast up rice and their yeah, soup. It's always the best. And who will join you in Opium? Yeah, yeah, go to Opium. Goldmine is open. I think Four Seasons has got direct competition because they do really good. Suyuk like Cantonese, so roast meats as well. How about you, Lucy? What would your um, dream day or evening in Chinatown, London be? Well, let's think. So I might start in Opium. (laughs) (laughs) So we used to do a... For a few years, three years now, we did a, an event called By Joe Cocktail Week in Opium. And I love Opium, just like you. I think it's just the best place. It's, it's tucked away. So many people don't know about it. Cocktails are fantastic. And I also love the fact it's, a, it's like a little doll's house, isn't it? All the different bars and all the different floors makes it so interesting and sort of intimate. But no, I probably wouldn't start there. But I would, I would definitely go for dim sum because I love dim sum. And I don't know where I go because... I'd be tempted to go to some of my old childhood favourites just for to reminisce. And but I also there's there's so many different restaurants in Chinatown that do great dim sum. There's some on Lyle Street, so a couple of doors down from us is a great dim sum restaurant. Um, quite small. I only started going there about ten years ago, and because Lyle Street's a little bit off the beaten track, people don't necessarily people think oh Gerald Street, Gerald Street, that's where we're going. So, so there's some great little restaurants there. So I would definitely take in dim sum. I would definitely be having some of your bubble tea, Emily. And I would be having your ice cream because I love, 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 love ice cream. And I would, my kids would kill me. My kids are off, they're teenagers. One's at uni and one's doing his A-levels. So, but they, if I didn't, they they love Game of Bao. So I would definitely go and get some Game of Bao from the Trantown Bakery. Love. And then I might just, I might just sit in Newport Place and people watch a bit actually. Yeah. 
Because I love to see, you, know, you still see people coming to do their, their weekly shopping and then you see the tourists and, and I just love that. So I would probably do that. And then I would also go and stand under the, the pagoda, the arch on Wardle Street. I would stand under that and I would take a photo because I, I love standing under there and I love looking up at the sky against the different colours. Yeah, I just love it. So. Oh, amazing. But I wouldn't go shopping because I spend all my time <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm at the shop. I, I, when I'm not at the other businesses, I'm a, so I wouldn't go shopping. But I do love seeing <laughs> Of Lucy, I've got a question to ask you. Are you ever out of stock with kitchen stuff in your own home? Like, do you ever have that the problem that we have? Like, people that don't work in a supermarket, do you ever think, oh, I forgot to get my oyster sauce, I forgot to get rice or whatever? Do you, do you have that as well? Or... Yeah, I've got a little story for you, actually, which you might enjoy. So my husband, who's English, um, we've got some of his colleagues coming for dinner on Saturday night, work colleagues, and I'm going to cook Chinese. So I got all my stuff sent back from Chinatown today to head office and you know, it's all ready to cook. And I said to him, we must get some disposable chopsticks. And he said, I can't believe, I cannot believe that you, who you are, don't own a good set of chopsticks for like eight or 10 people. Because I've got loads of chopsticks, but I've got from my childhood I've got it's all mismatched so if I'm laying a table <laughs> I've got I've got lovely pretty little bowls and so I thought actually yeah he's absolutely right that's an absolute disgrace I need to get myself <laughs> so yes I do because I don't I don't know I, I, I don't know what my excuse for it is but I've got loads of pairs of chopsticks probably about 100 and I've probably only got about four that match <laughs> that's so funny I think from a, an outsider's point of view, I think it's really inspiring how there's just so many choices for bubble tea, for desserts. It's not just like the one place that people would have to go to. I think it's just amazing how there's just so much choice in Chinatown London and I think you know where we, Lucy we were saying earlier about back in the day there wasn't any of that there wasn't any of that at all like I don't think I reckon when my dad started taking us down to uh, London uh, Chinatown London I don't think there was an actual dessert place I think there was just um, the bakeries which I still love or traditional bakeries I don't think there was anywhere where you could get like a, a tea or coffee. So Lucy, yeah. when you were saying you were sitting in Newport Place, I have a particular spot that I always try and get. I always try and get the table that's next to uh, Jen's Cafe because I just oh, yeah. I just like to, to watch, just like to watch them make an oligaudi. And they, they're so quick on and they just churn it out so quickly. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. When, so that would be my that would be my go to place. Yeah. yeah, actually, I forgot to say. You know where I would finish off my evening? I would go to Jimney and I would sit outside and I I would because I love their fish, their deep fried fish. Oh really? Chili. Oh my god! Uh, the, the, I love this one. I, I like spicy anyway, and I just they they do this deep fried fish, which is unbelievable. Which one's Jimney? Is Jimney? Is that the newer one? Jimney. Yes, there's two Jinlees actually. There's okay. one near to Joy King Lao, and there. But the, the newer one is in Newport Place, and it's nearest to the car park. And that's great food. I love it. It's something a bit different to the normal. I think that's what it, it's. It's really. I mean, it's properly. Yeah, 
spicy and lovely Sichuan, yummy. By the way, I love it how you said that you get your kids to help out during the um, during oh, yeah. holidays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, do you know, my daughter's been packing our way on fish balls and chung fun and ho fun today in the chiller at our head office. So she's been there with her gloves on, her hat on. She's in her uni holidays. Yeah, they're lovely, this generation, but wow. <laughs> Actually, before we go, can I just, I just want to touch on that because do you think, Lucy, when you used to help out a seaweed when you're, you're a kid, do you think that's helped define you and to help? Taking it into my, into yeah, I know what you mean. I yeah. Think, I know exactly what you mean. Yes, I do. I think actually what's really interesting because you touched on in the very early part in your intro when you talk about your, what your parents used to say to you. So I've got the two different cultures meeting as a child growing up. So I've got two very different influences. And I would say that, I've observed and taken from both. I think that my father, the Chinese work ethic is second to none. I mean, just the the hours of blood, sweat and tears. And and he's really instilled that in me. So I'm trying very hard to try and instill that into my children. And then I would say that that something culturally that's quite different, which I think is maybe maybe more from my mum's Western side. Maybe not, actually. Maybe I'm being unfair, but I think just maybe my dad's generation. It was a bit like you're saying about your parents. Don't speak. Don't say about it. Don't don't say anything. Don't lose face. Don't don't ever. And I'm very much with my young adults as they are now, my kids. Something I really want to for them to take away as they grow up is that it's actually it's really good to fail. It's really important to fail because that's how you learn. Don't make the same mistake twice. That's not okay. But make your mistake. Learn from your mistake. But don't be ashamed of it. Don't feel you can't voice it. Don't. As long as you've learned something from that, that's that's so important. And and if you don't make no one, I say these to my employees actually often. If someone's screwed something up, nothing makes me more angry if they lie about it and try and cover it up because everyone makes mistakes. It's human. I still make mistakes. I mean, everyone makes mistakes. I'll, I'll be making mistakes into my eighties if I'm lucky enough to live that long. But that sort of whole sort of openness and, and owning it and learning from it is, I think, something that's quite important. Yeah. Have I rambled too much? No, 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 no. That's really interesting. But I mean, even for your kids growing up here, they are they are going to have some some identity confusion because they are it's not not confusion necessarily. No, not confusion. That's the wrong word. But, but it's harder to connect with your roots, isn't it? So actually, maybe not their roots. What I'm trying to say is their parents' background and and they and their their grandparents' background, and that's quite hard to connect with. Mm-hmm. My father came over in the 60s and I can remember actually when my children were a lot younger, him sitting at my house at Christmas and all the presents from all the different grandparents and they're opening and they're opening and there's all these, you know, toys and things. And he sat there kind of, I don't know if he was in, he was, he was fascinated, but he was also sort of, he looks a little bit disapproving, if I'm honest, I think. And because he's so giving, so he didn't say anything, but then he, then I realised exactly what it was, where he was coming from, because then he sort of went into this story of, oh, when I was growing up in the New Territories in Hong Kong, we were so poor, we were so, so poor. And and so my mum at Christmas would give us the the lids from Coca-Cola bottles and we'd pay tiddlywinks with them. And that was my Christmas present. That was the most amazing Christmas present. And it's quite humbling. Before we go, is there anything you guys want to say? 
In fact, how can we find you? Where are you? Where are you in real life? Where are you on social media? Tell us. <laughs> um, well, I am <laughs> in three different places in real life. So it depends which, which business I'm at. But on social media, we're at Siwoo UK, on Instagram, on Facebook and on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And for website, it's um, www.siwooUK.com. And I answer all of them myself all the dms as well so oh do you oh nice. I do yeah so i so i i think it i yeah I, i'm a bit of a control freak and so i do and i really enjoy interacting with the customers and emily where can we find you in real life and also on social media i guess a papacha and tayakia is on newport court in chinatown and then on for instagram papacha is uh, at i love papacha and then uh, for Tayakia is at I love Tayakia. Oh, brilliant. Mm. Oh, thank you so much. This has been so lovely speaking to you both. I've honestly I've been a, such a big fan of both both of you in terms of you know Siwu and Kupacha and Tayakia. It's just so amazing that I'm actually speaking to you. It's such a privilege. Just want to say thank you so much to my guest Lucy from Siwu Group and Emily from Kubaja and Tayakia for coming on the show. Don't forget, you can check them out on their Insta page. And if you're in London, why don't you check them out in real life? Also, a massive, massive, massive thank you to Chinatown London for collaborating with me. My first collab, and I'm so touched with you guys. If you're in London, don't forget to visit Chinatown London and use the hashtag OurChinatown. You can find them on social media as well, at Chinatown London, which I'll leave in my show notes. Oh, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you both want to plug or anything? I just think we should all go for dim sum. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much and i hope you both have a, a lovely evening thanks georgie thank nice to meet you, you so both much. Bye. 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 thanks